Okay, well, now today we, we are at the movies. I had sworn myself I would buy popcorns to take and to be, you know, a smart guy. But I didn't have the time to do it. I'm very sorry about that. You already have something, so that's your self-sufficient. Now, a couple of things I wanted to say real quick. I, um, s I really appreciate the feedback you gave me. As I wrote in the email, it was constructive. Very shortly, the things that seems to come out from the... Oh, in the meanwhile, let's distribute a couple of handouts. So it will also take some time. Well, so first of all, let's talk about the handouts that I prepared. This one was for last time. Last time I just forgot to, to, to give it a round. It's a little handout that I wrote down about the sources. Do you remember two lectures ago we talked about the sources and their bias? And there is a pattern that seems to be repeated. And uh, it is the following. Will you give me one? Just follow it again. Which is, a historian writes after a bad, a bad emperor, and a, a tyrant, normally Commodus or, um, or Domitian, and he himself lives a part of his life under the tyrant, say under Domitian, and another part of his life under the good dynasty that follows. Um, I don't know, the Antonini, like Trajan and Hadrian, after Domitian, and, uh, and the Severi after after uh, Commodus. And this is the case of Tacitus, who lives under the Flavians. He experiences the mission, and then he lives under Trajan, and writes his historical books under Trajan, um, criticizing the um, tyrannical aspects of the previous emperors. This is the case of Suetonius, who lives under Domitian and Trajan, same situation. On page two of your handout, Juvenal, who's the only one here who's not, uh, who's not a historian, but a poet, he also experiences the, um, the, the, the dictatorship, the tyranny of Domitian, and he waits for Domitian to die before he writes down his satires. And he only writes about dead political figures, dead uh, characters. Not, he doesn't criticize the living characters. Diocasius experiences Commodus. We know, do we know... Anything special that he w felt humiliated about under Commodus? Diocasius. Do you remember Diocasius, the senator of Greek origin? He felt humiliated by a specific performance of Commodus. The ostrich thing, yes, and the whole games and the treatment he gave to the senatorial case. Do you remember the head of the ostrich that he shows to the senator, which is emblematic of a whole attitude he has, obviously. So Diocasius experiences Commodus and writes after Severus after De Severi, after Septimius Severus until Severus Alexandrus, Alexander, etc. So I wanted to give a follow-up and, and encourage, anchoring uh, the discourse we've been doing about the sources and their relationship with the senatorial class and with the tyrannic emperors to a little handout that uh, collocates them chronologically. One of the suggestions that I got from your, from your feedback was actually that uh, we have to anchor facts uh, into space and time, because it seems that the, the detail, the facts, the historical facts float in time and they're not uh, focused in a specific, but we'll talk about it next time. Another handout that I prepared, this is for today, is for the movie, the, the documentary you're going to see. This is like six pages long. It, you can consider this a sort of footnotes. Here you are. Want to see here? Let's see. Can you make it turn around? Well, I, you have to do it by here, but I can do it. Let's see. Okay, now, 
today we're seeing the um, documentary produced by BBC uh, called Colosseum. It's the story of two gladiators that we already know, Verus and Priscus. Who's the source that tells us their story? It was in Futural, do you remember it? Marshall tells us in an epigram of his Liber de Spectaculis book about the spectacles, about their legendary fight in the arena. It's very well done. I wrote this handout, uh, of whom obviously I forgot to get one copy. So if you have one copy left, just give it to me. It is a sort, a sort of footnotes. Every consideration is enumerated. So I won't have to step in and talk annoyingly. No, no, you have a. Uh, give me a, Thank you, another one. Um, footnotes following the single scenes. It gives you far further information and, uh, and comments. Another handout is this one that Professor Gulva had given to you. Does anybody not have this one? Gladiators and the arena. Okay. Okay, just make it turn around. Who needs it will take it. Next time we, uh, we talk about Moodle and what is on the website. Thank you. All right, let's start to see the, the documentary. Sometimes I will step in making my annoying commentaries. What? Which one? This one. Yeah. Here you are. Um, would you give a one to Nadia? Yes. Well, I think that we should, sh should skip completely the funeral and party scene. What do you okay. think? It's not narratively yeah, it's relevant. Not and uh, so we have some time to tip. I mean, the tombstones are kind of cool. Like I, f I was thinking, like, you could just talk about, like, just skip it, and I'll pause it, and you can talk about it. Yes, yes, that's, that's what we'll, I think we'll do. And then, um, yeah, just leave it till like, two minutes, and or, you know, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. We'll just start it and leave it to two minutes, 30 seconds, and I'll skip to chapter three. Okay, well, you... Yes, everybody, as we as we decided, but I would like not to skip the the final part, the part right. that gives a little yeah, bit yeah, of. Yeah, I got your email. Your email then let's skip. Okay, these are the the comments. When you go play, you can go fast forward, etc. Go play, etc. All the rest is like uh, a normal one. What about like skip chapters? Or skip chapters is, I guess, this one. That one. Successive, okay. and this one is fast forward. But fast know. forward, you do this one, which is like better. Okay. Put on a menu. Is there a menu button? Oh, uh, sorry. Is there a menu button? Uh, the title? menu is titles, etc. Oh my god! I guess it's this one menu. Yeah. But uh, we have no audio apparently. Do we? Uh, no, the audio thing is kind of important. You can't really do without it. God's sake, let's now. Probably, okay, let's do, probably do this too. DVD control. Stop, yeah, it could be, but no. I, I can use this one, we yeah. can use this one. Oh, yeah, that's much easier. Yes. Well, in this case, yes. I will just use the DVD. And see if so yeah. Does it? Yes, it does. Okay. Many gladiators came from 
So they're prisoners of war, like many others. So I became a slave. No, no, it's 50 days to reach Italy. Ah, you're right, you're right, yeah. So I will tell you the numbers, the numbers of the handout to look at. Then one day. It's scene five, scene number five. The inhabitants of Rome in this era are about one are million. It's time to go to the massage. Drusus the trainer ordered us to bathe ourselves. Number 12. They're greasing themselves because they used to use grease to... After toiling in the quarry, I come to a place where they have masseurs. The man I fought was called Priscus. He was a Celt. He'd never seen a bath before. 13. The Celts, this part about the Celts is interesting. You know, Celtic music, etc. North Gaul, England, and, so and Spain. They bent us to their work. As Verus was about to commence his training, Vespasian's new amphitheater was taking shape. Nothing in the empire was more important to Vespasian than this building. He believed that if he built the best arena, put on the best shows, it would ensure the success of his dynasty for generations to come. And all his citizens knew it. At the time, they didn't call it the Colosseum, but the Flavian Amphitheater, after Vespasian's own family name. And the um, sorry if I interrupt again. It's number 15 in the handout. Here is the couple of details which are important to remember. First of all, it was called Colosseum because there was a statue of uh, originally Nero, then transformed into a turned into a statue of Apollo, which was called Colossus. 
and uh, amphitheater theater. Why is it so important for Vespasian to reassert his power, to justify and to legitimate his power? He's originally not Roman. He's actually from a little city in, in Latium, oh. in really. But yes, not of the Roman nobility. Exactly, Edward. And he comes after this civil war. You know, after the death of Nero in 68, we have four emperors Nero, Galba, Otho, Otho, and Vitellius. And then we have, uh, we have Vespasian. So, four emperors um, which have the help of different, um, different parts of the army in different provinces uh, fight with the help of the army, the part of the army that they control against each other. This is year 68, as you, see, as you read in your handout. Um, and so they had to reassert the first dynasty after the dynasty which had been the only one so far in Rome, no? the Julio-Claudian dynasty. It was a very delicate moment. That's why he said that these, uh, these symbolical, uh, and these, these and other symbolical acts were very important to legitimate the power of the Flavians. Okay. Who didn't just want his arena to be the biggest ever built, but also the most sophisticated. This is Vespasian. Appeared under the arena's wooden floor, dropped to a depth of 36 feet. Statue. Colossus. It would hold a system of supply lines for the animals, crops, and stage scenery. This is Titus. It should be Titus, his son. Desperate to see the Colosseum completed in his father's own lifetime, Titus ordered the building work to be speeded up. They speak Latin with an Italian accent, and I don't know why, like imitating Italian accent. The pressure was constant. Uh, I don't know if I can fast forward on this, it might skip the chapter if I press the button. You know, uh, I, I think maybe it's close down, I might fast forward, but I'm not sure. I don't want no, to there's two different, different buttons one for skip forward, the one for. Drusus. Oh, I don't know. Like maybe if you hold this down, it might say more about how much screwing up. Maybe you should just talk over the little ones that are like two minutes. Maybe just, just like, just talk Tell me when it is, because I forgot it. Like, I don't want to screw up the, the play thing and get it. So good. Thanks. Okay. Number 17. The strokes are numbered. It's like skirmishing, it's not a bite. And this one who's standing is probably the prima rudis. Rudis means wooden, wooden sword. This is like the experienced former gladiator who is a trainer. Prima rudis. Then my name was called. Pugna Latin for fight. Good done, Paris. Well done, Paris. After three months of training, and only after satisfying the minister, a gladiator will be selected to fight in the arena. And always, the night before the fight, there was a feast. Which was called how? Cena Libera, yes, Cena Libera. So you see the public. 
obsessed with the stars of the arena. Yes, the public can access the, the party. Women even paid to be with the men who might die in front of them the next day. The arm wrestling they do here is kind of stupid. They Many were divorcees or widows who enjoyed relative sexual freedom in ancient Rome. Only if they were belong to a high status family though. Number twenty. The games themselves were paid for by a sponsor. Whose name is an aristocratic politician seeking popularity. In Latin? The editor who sponsors the game. Editorem salutamos. It's completely unusual. I will skip the, this part as well. Yeah. Wait, you would skip this? Or? Yes. What, what are you asking? I'm sorry. I want to skip this one because uh, when they fight and he kills his first man, it's not really usual, is it? What do you want me to skip to, though? I, I didn't have this on the house. Because I think it goes into the fight right after this. It goes into their fight. Oh, you don't want the first fight in there? No, I want the, I want the Subura thing. The death of Vespasian. No, no, wait, no, this part, I, I get confused, I'm sorry, okay. no, this one, these fights yeah, are important. Fights the, yeah. yeah, this is important. It was not in the center of the city, but in one of the small arenas around Rome, the gladiatorial novices often made their first appearances. Number 23. It's not an amphitheater, because it's not circular, it's a theater. The fight, Look. some made offerings to Nemesis. Goddess of chance, fortune, and revenge. Gladiatorial contests were by far the most popular form of entertainment in ancient Rome. Men like Verus embodied the Roman virtues of bravery, the quest for glory, and the contempt of death. It's a, it's a Greek theater. It's a half of a circle. A display of mortal combat perfectly represented what it meant to be a Roman. The referee is also a prima rudis. Prima rudis meaning former gladiator. Pugnata and consistite means fight and stop. Okay, who are those dudes? Who is the one with the net? The Reciarius. For sure. Despite acceptance. Aretiaris from another school. 
He was famous for his skill with knit and trident. I didn't really understand yeah, who Christmas never, is. They, they never explained it. Yes, and him. I wrote it down here. Like I have. No, I'm not, not sure. Really it's anything. not in Romeo. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not the secret. I have no clue. Yeah, but. There is an error here. Who finds the error gets A+. Plus. His opponent has something wrong in his armor. I was against the Mormilla. Heavy armor. By the way, did you notice what the error is? It's pretty easy. The sword, no, it's much easier. No, no, they they are. It's in the in the. The helmet, no, it's it's, it's, pretty, it's like less subtle than so. His arm protection is in which in which uh, arm is it? I don't want to go back because I want to you know make some error and then we have to start off from the beginning. Let's, I mean, I'll try very, very carefully. No, let's forget it. It's, in the, it's on the, on the, on the left. Can you pause it a second? It's on the arm. It's on the arm. Here we go. Thank you very much. It's on the arm that carries the shield, which doesn't need any protection. Well, normally this arm protection was on the right arm. And Junkerman says that it's mainly because you carry the shield in your left and the sword in your right, and so the shield can basically damage your, your arm after a while. He said it because Junkerman make what makes what it's called experimental archaeology. Experimental archaeology. He basically reconstructs these arms and he fights or has people fighting, so trying if many things are feasible or not. And so he tries it and obviously said that the arm which is exposed to the strokes is the, the right arm and you don't need to protect this one. All the rest is pretty much okay. This is a Murmillo, which is different from a Thrax because he has a long shield. And he has this typical uh, protection of the... Well, yes, 
it's a little bit too heavy. These two holes are the ones of the executor normally. But uh, yes, it's pretty much this one. The Bromilla is famous because it has this uh, fish-like uh, you know, crest, very angular. It's, this is typical thing. The game's sponsor had to pay for his replacement. As a gladiator, you had a near 90% chance of surviving a fight. Ah, very. The gladiator was injured. He was given some of the best medical care available. Gladiators were, were slaves, as we know. So, could they own money? He says that they were paid. Yeah, well, how is called, number 29 in the handout, how is called the money that the slave could have, could own? In Latin, it's the peculium. So he can't have money. He can even buy his own liberty with the money if he earns enough. A soldier was paid pretty much 90 hundred sesterci. Well, it's always hard to, to, to figure out how much is it. It's nine golden pieces every year. So the gladiators were pretty much well paid. If they survived the period in which they fought, they got what? after three, four years. If they had fought really well after their whole career, they would gain what? The sword, the wooden sword, the rudis, which means you don't have to fight anymore. You're a skilled gladiator, you can teach other people to fight, so become a prima rudis in the, in the school. Uh, okay, let's keep, this is, this is kind of touching, this funeral scene. I'm sorry about the t uh, you know, time managing. There's also a party. The party we're gonna skip as well. Funeral, he's, he's going to talk here about funerals and tombstones. You skipped it, okay, so let's forget. We know that we had inscriptions in tombstones, meaning that they had the money to pay for that when they died. But all his belongings are gone, even his prayer statue. Priscus is gone, his friend. He'd been sold to a school in the south. I was told it was just business. This is Tito Titus. In AD 79, Vespasian died. It's the death of Vespasian. The one he was talking with before is an artist. I will miss you, father. It now fell to Titus, the new emperor, to fulfill his father's greatest dream. Okay. 32 in the handout, 32 and following. Titus had made many enemies in Rome. Titus knew well, spectacular games required more than just gladiators. The killing of wild animals in the arena was hugely popular. Who's, the, who's this bearded dude? He works with the bestiarius, the one who works with the beasts. 
Beastmaster, bestiarius. Do we got this or we skip it? What did we say? Do we skip it? Or so it? I think we have enough time we can just play this. No, no. Thirty-five in the handout. The Suburra was a popular quarter of Rome. With in the fire of AD 80, large parts of Rome burned for three days and three nights. The Suburra, especially the poorest part. It was part. the second disaster of Titus's new reign. The previous year, a volcanic eruption in the south of Italy had destroyed the city of Pompeii. 36 in the hand of... According to the writer Suetonius, the people of Rome began to wonder whether the new emperor had fallen out of favor with the gods. 37 in the handout. But he still had one asset that offered him a chance to save his reputation and his life. The, oh, no. Yes, it is. Is it right? Yeah. Okay. Well, who in number 38 we have a little review. Who, which emperors we had been so tyrannical that had been assassinated? Caligula is the first assassinated by whom? The Praetorian Guard. Okay. So the second one was Nero. The death of Nero is a sort of uh, obscure. We don't know what actually happened. Suetonius says he was forced to commit suicide. But this could be because he had forced anybody else to commit suicide. It was his typical way to force a senator to die. You can't die. You can't kill a senator because he is a, a person of such a high dignity and social status. You can't just send the soldiers and kill him. And kill him. You have to force him to commit suicide. So this could be a narrative which is influenced by other narratives which have to do with a myth you know, of the bad emperor. We don't know how he actually died. He fled away from Rome and he died. So um, Titus is afraid to make the same end of those two, two emperors. So number 38. One great building at the center of the city had not been touched by the fire. Titus could announce the inaugural games. 
Coliseum opened its gates for a hundred days of games. Scene 10 in the handout, the Despartio Missilum. Allocated to all the privileged households of Rome. Gambling was encouraged. Gifts were showered upon grateful citizens. Despartio Missilum. When families never sat together, women were for the most part relegated to the worst seats on the top floor. Also, they were also bets. Hours for gambling and stuff went on, but I always assumed they were just going to be betting on the gladiators. Yeah, well, they, both things were, uh, were very well. So, you know what that game is called? The Rock. The and in Latin, it's uh, al, uh, Alea, Alea, the dice. Alea, E. E A. Okay, baby. And my spelling is bad. Alea, Alea. It's uh, dice, it's plural, this is singular. Oh. My bad. This is what I was trying to say. It was time for the entertainment to begin. In the Colosseum's underground cells, hundreds of criminals awaited their fate. Number 40 in the handout, the Noxy criminals. The mosaics are not a good evidence because in the mosaics you have to conflate everything together. So, but it's from the way. They're saying Yugula, Yugula, so kill him. That is true. The morning had gone badly. 
We were sure the Emperor would want to make up for it in the afternoon. Afternoon, the actual gladiatorial fights, as we know. You see, they sit in rows. The senators have the first places, the equestrians the second ones, the people the worst ones upstairs. The senators have these, no, well, there's no senators. Senators are red and white. In mass, in Latin, Gregatim. 42 in the handout. Gregatim, all together. Eurechiarius has won over a Murmillo. Murmillo is the one with the. the tracks with the peculiar helmet. This is wrong. He, did, he didn't go this way, he didn't go the other way. Alright. These games were different. The Emperor wanted blood, so it was the gladiator's duty to die. Frex and Mormillo. According to the writer's returns, Titus let the audience choose the outcome they liked best. Highlight of the day was to be a fight between two of Rome's finest gladiators. And this is where my story ends. Titus has asked for me by name. I do not know who my opponent will be. Just Okay, I won't interrupt this part because it's the final part, so I say what I have to say before. And sorry for being annoying with uh, stepping in. So, uh, what I will say is just one thing. At a certain point, they will use a sort of punch of nailed uh, uh, boxing glove, in a way. The Roman box, as we will see in the next weeks, was very, very more, much more violent than our ones. The, the pugilists, the boxers, would use uh, um, um, a, a glove which was called the Cestus Cestus, uh, in 43 in your handout, Cestus, with nails and metal, uh, metal, what's it called in English, uh, with knots and nails. It was very bloody and violent. There is a referee in the fight that we're going to see, which is the Prima Rudis as well. When they grew old, they would be the referee in the arena. And there's an happy hand, we will talk about it later. And then I will just shut up. For your sake.
those things they had the tabella and the pompa at the beginning of this one. I guess they will be named as well but the audio is not good in this place so it's really huge the contest between Verus and Priscus was the only fight in the Colosseum which was ever recorded in detail number one in your handout is Marshall's poem in English translation, I'm sorry.
that's it pretty much. Two short things. The, the, for the paper, I put on the Moodle web page uh, some indications. If you want to email me about any question, it's okay, but most of what you, I guess you should know is, is online. Um, we'll talk about, I have your quizzes. If you want your quizzes back, just come here to the, to the desk. And thank you for the feedback. We'll talk about it next time. Please read this handout because one of the suggestions from you was to give you handouts or PowerPoints to focus the main points. In this handout, there are many of the keywords, retiarius, ludus, etc., that I want you to know for the midterm, etc. So I hope it will be useful. I'll see you next time.